six years ago, I lost my dad unexpectedly. <laughs> and, um, you know, the enemies tried to speak that that's a weakness over me. And while I would give anything to have him back here, the Lord has used that to strengthen my heart. And I just believe tonight there's some of you that have heavy hearts there's something that the enemies try to stick on you that is a label that is yours and so he's he's trying to say oh Leah you're fatherless and I'm like no I'm not fatherless because I have an earthly father that loved me and my family more than anything but I also have a, a heavenly father that is so much greater and so much stronger than any attack of the enemy I just believe tonight there's an invitation to let the Father's heart speak to yours. Because I know that there's a lot of things and a lot of things in this world that can try and bring us down. But guess what? Our Heavenly Father is greater. He is stronger. He is more worthy than any attack of the enemy. And so I want to sing this chorus one more time. And wherever you're at in this moment, whether you've had the best day or the worst day, or a middle day, or whatever. I just want you just to focus on Jesus because I believe he wants to speak to you like never before tonight. Like we prayed at the beginning, this is a different night. <laughs> this is a different night. So Jesus, just speak to us right now. Thank you that you're my Father, God. Thank you that I'm not fatherless. <laughs> Thank you that I have two amazing fathers. Pray over my family right now, God. Every person here that you would just speak to their hearts right now as we just declare this out.
Father, that that is a cry of our hearts, God. That's why we come. That's why we set up all this stuff. That's why we practice and we prepare. God, is to come to have a living and divine encounter with your presence, with your spirit, with your truth, and with your love tonight, God. So, Father, whatever baggage we're carrying, God, whatever's going on in our hearts and our lives, we, we lay it down at your feet right now, and we say we surrender. We say we surrender, that we want to know you more, that we want to know you more. And God, right now, I just pray as the band goes back into this song and Dale sings this chorus over us, that something would literally fall off of us, God, that we would surrender it and lay down at your feet to say that we are here to know you more. So if there's anything in the way, we just say, get it out. We're letting go. We surrender. We surrender our hopes and our dreams. We surrender our fears and our mistakes. And we say, come and have your way. Blow on us, God. Breathe on us, God, like you never have before. God, open our hearts right now and do something new in us tonight, God. Come, Father, we surrender. We lay it down.
presence just fill this place every inch of this room God that you would just come and move and speak in ways that only you can we invite you even more I thank you for every word that's going to be spoken tonight Lord I thank you for every way that you're going to move we're here and we're ready for you Jesus Have a seat. Can we give it up for the worship band? Man, Man, thank you guys. Oh, what's up, everyone? How are we? Ooh, thank you. Two of you in the room. (laughs) It's good to see everyone. Thank you so much for coming out before you leave for spring break. Anyone excited for spring break? Yeah? All right, a couple more of you. Okay, okay. I hope the Mexico team's excited. Um, Man, we are super excited. Uh, First year, we took 12 people. Last year, 15. And this year, 20. So we are continuing to grow. Uh, Don't worry if you're not going. We go every year. So you can hit us up next year. But hey, I am Ryan. If this is your first time, thank you so much for coming out. I'm blessed to be the pastor here um, amongst uh, some amazing leaders. So we just thank you for coming out. And here at Alive, we really take family seriously. Can you guys see my face a little better tonight? Yeah, a little bit. I don't know if you want to see my face, but we're trying these light things out because it's really dark. So hopefully it's making a difference. If not, um, oh well, we tried. (laughs) Um, A for effort, right, gnomes? Something like that? Um, It was my idea. Usually they come up, Mariah gnomes come up with all the amazing ideas, but, you know, I want to give credit to where it's due. So, okay. All right. (laughs) That was awkward. Um, so here at, here at Alive, we really take family seriously. And uh, we, we, family, I think, honors each other. And family believes in each other. So before we jump into tonight's message, uh, there's, there's two uh, things that I want to say that are really special and important. And uh, someone is back here that uh, actually two people are back here. One I didn't know was going to be. The other one I did. So we'll, we'll, we're going to have a couple announcements. But uh, someone that means so much to me is a brother in Christ and is so much to Alive. And uh, I just want to say welcome back the one and only David Hamilton. And uh, can you just stand up real quick, man? His wife couldn't make it, but we just wanted to say uh, David has meant so much to this ministry. 
Uh, he's uh, just a mighty man of God, and uh, alive is what it is today based on what you've sowed and what you've done. And uh, just another leader came. I love when leaders, old leaders, come and surprise me because I didn't know they were coming. But Brittany Coleman is also in the house. Britt, you want to stand up? We don't have a slide because I didn't know you were coming, but we want to honor you. And, um, yeah, we just, family loves to honor family. And, uh, you know, we've, we've been around for a couple of years now, and there's been so many people who are here and who aren't here that has sowed into this ministry and family that's made it what it is today. Um, and then one more really cool announcement that I want to say, and I can't do this for everyone, but, you know, when someone's my intern, they get special things for them because they put up with a lot. And, and most of all, they put up with me. So I just want to call up the one and only Uncle Josh because it's his birthday tomorrow. Come on, let's bring him up. <laughs> he's, he's not my uncle, but we like to call him Uncle Josh because he leads a guy's small group and his, our, our evangelism team and outreach and does so much. And so can we just sing him happy birthday? Would that be fun? Can we do that? Can we do that? Right. I knew it. I knew something was up. All right, so let's start it off. I'm going to mute my mic so I don't, you know. All right, ready? One, two, three. Uh, talk to Owen. He's organizing that. Um, but it will be at like 1130 after we done, get done tearing down. So, hey, if you stay and help, it might go faster. You like that pitch, Caleb? That was good. Vitor, see him getting you help, bro. <laughs> All right, well, we are going to jump into things. Um, so we are in a series, uh, we're looking through the book of Luke, like most of you hear every week, but I always got to say it in case we have one new person. Um, uh, last week we had a couple, so is anyone new here tonight? All right, wow, we got a lot tonight, all right, sweet, thanks for making it out. Well, we are going through the book of Luke, and um, we're looking at this sermon series, Why Do We Believe? What's the reason we believe? And again, Luke was a philosopher. He was an investigator. He didn't tangibly live with Jesus, but he found concrete evidence. He flipped over stones. He interviewed people, and he got a case-by-case, story-by-story in the order that it happened of Jesus' life. And he was writing to a friend, Theophilus, I like to call him Theo, say, what up, Theo, every week. Um, One day, someone's going to be in here named Theo, and that's going to be amazing. So if you have a friend named Theo, please invite them. Um, And uh, he was writing to his friend, Theophilus, and reminding him the concrete evidence of why he believes. Because I don't know about you, but when we go through hard times, we can forget the reason we believe things, right? Amen. If sometimes there's friendships, uh, marriage, uh, a couple of you are married, David is, um, uh, boyfriend, girlfriends, uh, our school. So we can forget sometimes to why, Eric Ortega, of why is this important? Why am I choosing to live this way? Why have I made this decision? And that's why we need community and friends and family and things like Alive to remind us of our why. When we remember our why, that's so important. That's why we're looking through this. Uh, I want to give a shout out. I do this every week, but Mark and Whitney are leading an amazing Bible study uh, every Thursday where they're going through. Both, we're hitting two chapters a week, so we can't hit everything. So if you like this, if you are hungry for the wor- hu- being hungry for the word of God, I encourage you to check that out. Um, also, I know a lot of you weren't in here. Sorry, I'm like giving announcements again. Um, But we're going to see a movie called I Can Only Imagine this Friday at 9.30 after Deeper at Savoy. And if if you know the song, I Can Only Imagine, the movie looks super inspiring. It's based off a true story. I just felt like someone is is in here right now that wasn't in here in announcements, and you need to hear that. So I hope you can join us, 9.30 at Savoy. 
Um, so we are going to pick up today. Last week, I had the, ple- the blessing, and the, I tried to say pleasure and blessing at the same time, um, blessing and pleasure to uh, co-preach with Whitney Kaiser. It was awesome. And we talked about prayer and how prayer is so important. And we ended off talking about how the gift of, the, the gift of prayer is the gift also of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit talks to us, and we listen to him, and he guides us, and when we can talk to him to keep his connection. And afterwards, as we kind of ended, uh, Jesus started talking about some radical things at end times. And, and I only bring that up because um, it, it kind of segues into where we're at today, uh, chapter 13 and 14. So as we've been doing a lot in this uh, semester, we usually show a ton of scripture up there. But I've got a lot of great feedback that people like hearing the word of God read to them. So I'm going to read a lot of the Word of God tonight. If you have a Bible or your phones, feel free to pick it up. There will be a couple things on the screen, but um, I'm challenging myself to do less. Less is more, I hear. So uh, I always want to get feedback and grow. So when Jesus is talking about the end times, that be ready, watchfulness, and then he goes into chapter 13 saying, repent or perish. And you're like, oh, crap, it's one of these messages. <laughs> Don't worry if you grew up in the church and you heard that. Um, I'm not going to start preaching fire and brins- bring- brimstone? Brimstone, thank you. I always mess up words when I'm preaching, but that's what makes me me, chinchilla style. <laughs> right, Eric Ortega, you might need to help me out. So off the shelf, off the hook. Um, Real quick, funny, David, you don't know this story. So first alive, we're at worship on the quad. I don't know Eric Ortega at all. And I'm up here preaching. And I'm, you, know, I'm trying, you know when you got something on the tip of your tongue? And I'm like, off the, off the, what is that called? I'm like, off the shelf? And he's like, bro, you mean off the hook? <laughs> and I had no idea who he was. I'm like, thank you, bro. And that's what started our friendship. So you never know how you can help out. Um, or, you know, all, all's welcome. So, um, so he starts going in, and he's talking about repent or perish. And even as I'm reading this and preparing, I'm like, Lord, what are you trying to say? Um, there's a lot of stuff going on. And, and the Lord, I read through a couple of times, and I had no idea what direction I was going, guys. But the Lord hit me. He nailed me. Even during practice preaching on Monday, I just started crying because this message was speaking to me, and I pray it speaks through me. So he goes in, and he's saying, repent or perish for everyone who doesn't... Uh, repent, you, you too will perish. And I started thinking about, well, what does repent mean? Really, what, what is that word repentance? And so I looked it up, and in the Greek, it comes from a word called metanoia. It comes from, repent comes from repentance, and it means change of mind, change of thinking. And I was like, oh, wow, I always thought repentance was like, go to your room, you did this, or, you know, or repent, or beg on your knees for God's forgiveness. And, and I've heard this before, it's a change of your mind, but when I read this, I'm like, wow, that seems more simpler than I always thought it was. And the question hit me, what is something that I need to change my mind about that maybe I've been thinking falsely about? And even though I have Jesus and love Jesus, we're in a journey of growing closer to Jesus. And as we grow closer to him, we can become more full of life, of who we are and who we're created to be. And I know there's certainly things that he's working on my heart about and changing me and molding me and growing me. And I said, Lord, what are some areas in my life that I need to repent of? No, I don't need to beg for your forgiveness of because we actually already have his forgiveness We just actually need to thank you and receive that forgiveness. But what areas in my life am I thinking wrongly about? So I ask you guys tonight, 
as we go on this journey, maybe ask the Lord right now, what are some areas in your life that he wants to help you repent in your mind, to turn on the light bulb on, to give you his perspective, his revelation, and his insight? You know, I early heard, I heard a, a preacher recently say, when you repent, it's just repenting back into the penthouse. If it, it's almost like if God had a penthouse, if God had a kingdom, and we walked outside of those walls to do our own thing, what do you do? You just turn around and you go back. It's like if you're in another country and you're traveling and you're a U.S. citizen or, or a citizen of another country and you get into trouble, what are they going to do? They're gonna, well, hopefully they're going to send you back to their, your country and not keep you at that one. But it's coming back to your citizenship. It's coming back to who you are. All right, let me break this down another way for you. So most of you know I'm a passionate Ohio State fan, right? Yes, and you're like, yes, I'm praying for you. So I grew up in Ohio. Come on, you got to stay true to where you're from. I'm from Ohio. I moved here a couple years ago. So it would be, who, who, who do you, who's the biggest Illinois fan here, you think? Raise your hand if you're like, all right, like five of you. Okay, someone back there. I can't see your face, but you're waving. Um, what's your name back there who is waving? Middle section. Oh, Don, what's up? <laughs> what up, Don? What's up, Aaron? <laughs> All right, well, I hope you're, you are passionate because your boyfriend plays for Illinois. <laughs> all, right, so, all right, so Don, you're passionate. You're at Aaron's game, right? You're, you're rooting for Aaron. And man, so you guys are basketball teams playing Ohio State, so as good friends, you invite me to come with you, even though I'm rooting for Ohio State. And Don, in that conversation, I somehow talk you in to persuade you to start rooting for Ohio State. Man, Aaron would not be happy about that. I don't think I'd be invited to any more games after that. Um, so you start rooting for Ohio State, right? And then Aaron's, Aaron's dad's passionate. You know his dad. And he's, he's going to be like, Don, what are you doing? Your boyfriend plays for Illinois. You're from Illinois. You grew up in Illinois, I think. And I mean, you've been rooting for Illinois your whole life. Why are you rooting for Ohio State? And it would be like a light bulb would come on and be like, whoa, what am I doing? What am I doing? It's a change of thinking. And then you give me back all my Ohio State flag and hat and, you know, you're nice about it. But you, then you put on your Illinois gear. <laughs> you know, it, it's a change of thinking, guys. It's just, it's just remembering who we are, what we're called to, and the lives that we're meant to live. It's just, it's seriously just thinking, what areas in our life right now are we believing lies or are we living in a way that isn't true to our character or nature? Put back on the Illinois gear and give me the Ohio State gear. <laughs> all right. So, so Jesus says, repent or perish, and then he goes right into this story, right after that, literally next verse, on verse 6, and he says this parable. Then he told this parable, a man had a fig tree planted in a vineyard, and he went to look for fruit on it, but it's, he did not find any. So, um, so he said to the man who took care of the vineyard, for three years now I've been coming to look for fruit on this fig tree and haven't found any. Cut it down, I'm done with it. Why should, why should it use up the good soil? Sir, the man replied, leave it alone for one more year. I'll dig around it and fertilize it. And if it bears fruit next year, great, fine. If not, we'll cut it down. So when Jesus says this parable right after repent or perish, what is he saying? 
for me, I was like, Lord, what are you saying? And I feel like he, he wasn't saying bear fruit or you're going to go to hell or don't bear fruit, you're going to go to hell. He wasn't saying that. that. That's fire and brimstone. He wasn't preaching that. That's not true to his character. That's not true to his heart. That's not true to the God of grace that he is, Jordan. You know, And when we know God's character and heart, even when we read things in his word that we don't understand, he, when we ask him for revelation, he gives it to us. Has is, is your parents ever said anything that you kind of were like, whoa, that's kind of funky? I don't really, what, what the heck are they, you know, bad, woke up on the wrong side of the bed or something? And then you maybe ask them what they meant or what, what's going on. They're like, oh, yeah, I'm having a bad hair day, you know. That was meant to be funny. It wasn't. Um, <laughs> but but we, we trust our parents' character and heart even when they act kind of funky or not themselves, right? And if they say something, we ask for dialogue. Caleb Hummer loves his dad. He does this all the time. He'll be like, Dad, what does this mean? And his dad loves to break it down and share what it means. So I'm like, Father, what does this mean? What are you saying? And he's like, Ryan, you're thinking of it wrong. He's like, there's a perspective in our lives. And he asked me this question. Are you living your life or are you wasting your life? Are we living a life that bears fruit? We're not going to go to hell if we live a meaningful or meaningless life. But, but I'm saying, are we living a life that bears fruit, that's making a difference to our friends, to our family, to the people that we're around? And he's not saying you're not useful if you don't bear fruit, but he's saying if you bear fruit, you're living your life. That we call this thing alive because we want to be alive in Christ. Because for so many years of my life, and probably some of yours, that you didn't know why you were alive. You went from class to class. You went to elementary school, middle school, high school, college, job to job, because you were told to. You didn't know the purpose for you, why you were alive. You didn't know the reason for your being. You didn't know why you woke up every day. Maybe some of you knew, but I didn't. And I think he's saying... Don't waste your one life. Don't waste the air that you're breathing. Don't waste the, the gift that I've given you because we're not our own, friends. We didn't choose to be us. We didn't choose to be alive. He chose us to bear his image, to be his sons and his daughters, his heirs. And one day, friends, and I don't say this to scare you, I say it to prepare you that life will be over. It will. And I don't want to fear death I want to fear the regret of ha or, or the fear of having regrets of not living, of not being the tree that he called me to be, of not bearing the fruit that he called me to, to, to bear. I know I make him proud just by me and me, but I also want to know that I live the life and the mission that he's called me to. And we get one life, and I think that's what this parable is about. Are we wasting our life are, or are we living it? I love this quote. I found this quote by John Piper, and it says this. It's going to be up on the screen. Desire that your life counts for something great. Long for your life to have eternal significance. Want this? Well, then don't coast through life without great passion. Do you want this? Can you just leave that up there for a little bit? Don't, don't coast through life without great passion then. The beginning of alive, and this isn't about alive, but God, God spoke this quote to me, and he said, don't ask yourself what the world needs, but ask yourself what makes you come alive, and go do that, and go be that, because what the world needs are people who have truly came alive. Don't we know so many people, and haven't us, haven't we gone through the motions, and I don't know about you, but I want to be alive, Paul. I want to know the reason. I mean, when you're around someone that is alive and full of life and full of joy and full of positivity, isn't it contagious? When you meet someone who knows who they are, 
isn't it almost exhilarating? I think sometimes that's why we're attracted to so many celebrities and famous people because they give off an image and a persona that they know who they are because they're on a big stage and the movie camera's on them or they're making a lot of money. But when you really know and walk with someone that knows who they are, man, it's inspiring. I want to be on that journey. I am on that journey. I invite you to be on that journey with me. So right after this, and Jesus says, and I kind of want to talk about the, the why, the what, the how, and the who. So the why was don't waste your life. Are, ask yourself, what, is, how, what do we need to repent our mind and, and think and change our mind of thinking? Are we wasting our life or are we living it? Only you can answer that. And so right after that, I want to talk about the what. And so what are we going to do? That might be a great question. That might be a great why, as Serge said. Every day we wake up and we go to our job or we go to our classes, maybe we think of that question. Are we wasting our life or are we living it? Are we making a difference with the things and the jobs and the family and the friends that God has given us? And so now, great, you're saying, no, I want to live it. I don't want to waste it. Well, now what do I do? And right after this, Jesus goes into a story about a crippled, a crippled woman. And he says, on a Sabbath day, when, when no work was supposed to be done, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues. And a woman was there who had been crippled for 18 years. She was bent over and could not straighten up at all. When Jesus saw her, he called her forward and he said to her, Woman, you are set free from your infirmity. Then he put, out his, he put his hands on her, and immediately her back straightened, she was healed, and she praised God. What are we doing with this life? Are we putting our hands on people? That sounds weird. <laughs> are we praying for people? Are we, are we getting dirty with people? Are we picking up a shovel? Are we working with people? Are we making a difference in the people's life that God has given us? We all have a platform. We all have a platform. Do you realize that? All of you have a platform. Lucas, your job right now, your internship, it's a platform. Gnomes, the girls you live with in, in the house, it's a platform. We all, Kevin, you have a platform. We all have a platform. Aaron, you have a platform. We all have a realm of influence, of people that we can influence and inspire, people that we know and people that don't even, that, that we just pass by every day that we can still impact. Aaron, you have a platform, a big platform, and most of it's off the court, not on the court. The, the, the platform on the court sets you up for your big platform off the court. We all have a platform. Do you believe that? Vitor, you have a platform. You came all the way from Brazil because you have a platform. We have a realm of influence. What are we going to do with the hands and the life, Grace? That God gave us. Michael, two more months, man. And then you're gone. Not, not from earth, from school. <laughs> that, was, that would be weird. Seriously, seniors. How many seniors do we have in here? Couple. Think about that. I don't say it to scare you. I had regrets my senior year. I wish I could have gone back in time. Learn from my mistakes. Live it up. Miranda, you have a huge platform. What are we doing with the tools, the hands, and the heart that God gave us? So I want to move into the how, and I'm going to camp on this a little bit. 
and I want to share a couple things that I feel like the Lord has given me. But um, right after this parable, um, you know, one, one other thing, and I'll bring it up, I'll bring it up at this point uh, going on, but when we do God's work, when we step out in faith, whatever that thing is on our heart tugging us, maybe that's for prayer, maybe, maybe whatever it is, I, you can't explain it, but you know what it is. When we're led by faith over fear, there will be people that criticize us, there will be people that don't understand us, and there will be people that analyze us and try to critique us. When Jesus prayed and had a miraculous healing, he got critiqued. The Pharisees came and said, why did you do this? It's on the Sabbath. And she said, he's like, guys, a woman has been sick, and she was healed after 18 years. Like, praise God for the healing. Like, that's God's heart is to heal and to help us. We might not see healings every day, but it doesn't mean God isn't a healer. It doesn't mean God doesn't want us to press in for that healing. My mentor would always say, Ryan, it doesn't really matter if someone gets healed or not. We always pray for it. We always believe for it. We always press into it. And it does matter. But the greatest thing that matters is that they feel your and God's love for them. That's the goal. If the healing happens, we believe it, we proclaim it, we receive it. But the goal is love. Because what you don't have, what you don't love, you can't have authority over. And I did steal that from someone, <laughs> but it's very powerful. I borrowed it. I don't think he would mind. What you don't love, you won't have authority over. And so we go into this next story, and, and Jesus says, well, well, what is the, or someone's asked, um, then Jesus asked, well, what is the kingdom of God like? Well, I, what shall I compare it to? It is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted it in his garden. It grew, and it became a tree, and the birds of the air perched on it, on its branches, and ate its fruit. Again, he asked, what shall I compare the kingdom of God to? It is like the yeast that a woman uh, took and mixed into a large amount of flour until it worked through all the bread and changed it. What is he pointing to? How do we do this? We talked about the why and the, and the what. Well, the how is, do we have faith? Do we have faith? Because I tell you what, faith is contagious. Faith is inspiring. You get around someone who has faith and watch how your life comes more exciting. I guarantee, Aaron, you, since you're here, I'm going to call you out. Bring faith and bring God into the basketball game. Watch how much more the game means to you. I learned that way too late when sports was gone. Vitor, you know about this. Bring faith into our relationships. Bring faith into our studies, Aaron. Bring faith into your job search, Michael. Bring faith. Where are we having faith? Are we just following the law and following the rules and following what people tell us to? Are we having faith going after, Abs, what God's called us to? You're a dreamer. You have a vision over your life. You will be tested, and you will need perseverance, but faith will guide you, and faith will empower you. Because, guys, whatever it is, praying for someone or a little step or a big step, when you are led by faith, whether it's a mustard seed or a mountain, it will change you and change the people around you. And every day we get to choose that. I just had a great conversation with Dale about this yesterday. Are we, are we led by faith or fear? I always talk to MJ, and she challenges me. Is faith making this decision in love, or is fear making this decision? Every decision we make, we try to challenge that. Is that a decision rooted in faith or fear? Because fear is not of God. And the kingdom of God is like a small mustard seed or a small batch of flour mixed in 
it changes everything around it. The second thing I want to talk about is that we will need perseverance. And I want to read this from the message version, this next story, and it says this. He went on to teaching from a town to village to village, um, but, but while he was keeping a steady course toward Jerusalem. And a bystander said, Master, will only a few be saved? And he said this, whether few or many is none of your business. Listen to this, guys. Put your mind on your life with God. The way to life to God is vigorous and requires your total attention. A lot of you are going to assume that you'll sit down in God's salvation banquet just because you've been hanging around the neighborhood all your lives. Well, one day you're going to be banging on the door wanting to get in, but you'll find the door locked and master saying, sorry, you're not on my guest list. You'll protest, but we've known you all our lives only to be interrupted with this abrupt realization that you knew of him but didn't know him. And he says, you won't know the first, you didn't know the first thing about me. And that's when you'll find yourself out in the cold, strangers to grace. And you'll watch Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and the prophets and the saints march into God's kingdom. You'll watch outsiders stream in from the east, west, north, and south and sit down at the table of God's kingdom. And all the time you'll be outside looking in and wondering what happened. This is the great reversal. The last in line will be first, and the first in line will be last. And friends, that's a scary verse and a scary passage, but I believe what stuck out to me in the message is that we need to focus on our lives with God, and it can be vigorous, and it can be work, like any great relationship or anything great that we do in life is, right? What great thing have you ever done in your life that didn't demand some type of work or sacrifice? Now, we're thankful that God, is, God loves us more than we could ever love him, and he's faithful to complete the work that he started in us, which is one of my favorite verses. And I don't believe this passage was, again, fire and brimstone and meant to scare us, but to prepare us. Because I don't want to be like that. And one of even being a pastor, one of the greatest temptations that can happen is that I can make a life and ministry more important to God, more important than God. And I, forget, I can forget the one that brought me and gave me this position. And so this is speaking to me right now. Is he the lover of my life? Is he the number one in my life? I have someone in my life that I love so much. I have a job and a calling that I love so much. But am I giving more time to her or to you guys than God? Are we practicing our skill or our sport or our hobby? Or are we spending time, more than we're spending time with God? Lindsay, you love your job, but what's the first love of our hearts? Don't get stuck in that trap, friends. I've been there, and it's not fun. But all you have to do is come with that mustard seed of faith and that repentance of changing our mind and saying, God, I'm coming home. And watch how he meets you. Every day, he promises, as we meet him, he will meet with us. I pray that speaks to someone tonight. You will need perseverance, and you will need to remember your why. I don't know if I will ever read this passage of Scripture again. <laughs> um, just recently, Owen, I talk about Owen a lot because we're running partners right now, um, training for a half marathon. And the other day we're running, and he's like, hey, Rye, 
you know, I, I kind of, I never know what Owen's thinking. I love him because he always surprises me because he acts so calm and serious. But when you get him excited about something, man, he gets excited. I just try, I just got to figure out how to do that more. Um, <laughs> and so he looks at me, he's like, you want to know my two favorite passages in scripture? And I forget the other one, but he said this one. He's like, I just love this story. And this, this is the story. It came up, and he, and he says, yeah, I just love the story when Jesus is out, and he's preaching and living for the kingdom of God. And then these Pharisees come up, and they say, uh, leave this place because Herod is going to come kill you. And he's like, I just love Jesus' response. Like, and I couldn't picture the story at the time. I'm like, oh, and what did he say? He's like, he looked right at those Pharisees, and he said, hey, you go tell Herod, that fox, to go crawl in his hole because I'm living and preaching the kingdom of God. I mean, imagine, oh, and he's up there, you know, the guy, tall guy up here. He's like, yeah, you go tell that fox. Go get back in your hole. And I'm just cracking up, and Owen's just so passionate. Yeah, that fox. And I'm like, man, I don't even remember that in Scripture. And then I'm preparing for this message, and this is what it says. And I'm like, just imagining Owen saying that the whole time. I'll never read this Scripture the same again. And he says, go tell that fox. I will drive out demons and heal people in the name of my Father. And on the third day, I will reach my goal. And I will say this, guys. There will be perseverance. People will try to stop us. Even good people will try to distract us and try to not get us to do the things that we're called to and we're loved and that we love. But Jesus knew his reason. He knew the reason for the season. He knew who he was and his purpose. And he wasn't going to let anyone distract him by that or intimidate him by that or use fear for that. So next time, whether they're people or thoughts or fears, you tell them. You think of Owen and you say, hey, you fox, go get in your, heart, your darn hole. <laughs> I might have almost swore there for a second. Get a little, get a little pumped up. <laughs> I, don't do that. I don't do that a lot. You can ask MJ. Um, but man, I just love that. And there will be perseverance. And friends, I say that again, not to scare you, but to prepare you. I remember when I was in Bowling Green, when I was in college, um, going into uh, my junior year is actually when I asked Jesus into my heart and my life. And I went back to college my junior year, and it was really hard because I was saved and being changed by the, from the inside out. But I was still living with people that were living for the world, going to the bars, going to the parties three days a week. And, and I, I didn't have the courage to step out and, and know who I am and go after the path. And I remember praying and reading my Bible before we'd go out and say, God, use me and, and, and let me save them and let me make an impact on them. But slowly but surely, I, I realized that I would go out with good intentions, but I just continued to stumble and continue to fall and continue to go back down the path that I've been. And so I came home that summer and I got mentored and discipled by some great men of God. I read the book Wild at Heart. Dudes, if you've never written that book, please read it. Um, girls can too, but it's wrote, written just for guys. Um, and uh, man, the Lord just spoke to me so much. And a week before I was supposed to go back to Bowling Green, my senior year, my senior year, I had I already had roommates. I had a bunch of friends I was living with. And I f truly feel like I heard God say, almost like an audible voice, Ryan, this is your last chance to stop being a follower and start being the man I've called you to be. And I just knew in my heart I couldn't go back there. I wasn't strong enough to be who I was created to be. I need to step back and find out who I am. And I went to my mom's work, and I remember just sobbing. I said, Mom, I can't go back to school. Please don't let me go back to school. 
and my stepdad, he, he didn't want me to come home. Like, he was like, no, you need to finish school. And I ended up transferring and, and came home. And my friends thought I was crazy. And, and everyone didn't really believe the reason why I was coming back. But it was the greatest choice, one of the greatest decisions I've ever made in my life. And since then, I haven't looked back. And God's made so many adventures and given me so many opportunities and continued to mold me and prepare me into the man that he was calling me to be. So friends, I want to encourage you, whatever it is, listen to that faith. Jesus wasn't confined by the law. He just didn't do what people said he was meant to do. He was led by the Father's heart. When people said, don't pray, don't work, don't help people, guess what? He didn't care. He knew his father's heart. He was led by his father's heart. He prayed for the woman to be healed, and she was. When, when, when people used fear and said, go back, you're going to get killed, he said, he looked fear right in the eye, and he said, go crawl back in that hole, because I know who I am and the purpose that I've been called to, and I know that my time isn't yet. Well, we answer that criticism, that perseverance, and that pushback by faith or by fear. We will be tested. And that's why we need each other and that one-on-one time with our Father every day. And saying, God, speak your truth into me. Remind me who I am. Remind me why you've called me. And let me be led, not just by the law or what other people want me to do, but let me be led by your heart. And so as we go into chapter 14, I'm going to kind of quickly summarize this. But after that, you know, Jesus, again, the stories play off of each other. And uh, he's telling an analogy about a wedding banquet, that a king sent out wedding invitations. And as I'm preparing uh, and as we're working hard for a wedding and trying to get our invitations sent out, this, this, this uh, story really hit home to me because a king has, is having this banquet and he sent out the invitation to so many people, Miranda, but so many people said, oh, I'm busy or I can't come. And, and they had good excuses, Leah. And then he said, you know what? Go. Go send it to the poor. Go send it to the lame. Go send it to the sick and let those people come because blessed are those who are humble and I will exalt them. And I will humble those who are exalted. And that really hit my heart. I love every night to go home, MJ knows this, open up ESPN on my phone and read about the Cavs or the Browns. I literally am a nerd. I get excited about it. Habs is like, what? (laughs) I need to pray for you. (laughs) But I wonder, do I spend more time doing that or more time connecting with my father? I think he likes sports. It's okay. I'm not condemning that. I need that in my life. But am I spending time with him, or am I too busy for him, Eric? And how hurt would we be of people that we sent out invitations that they were busy or they didn't want to come? What would, how would we respond? And so the last point, as I talk about the who, and not really a point, but we looked at the why, the what, the how, and the who, I want to say the who, the who is you. The who is you. Will you show up? Will you be the one and only you that you are? Because guess what? And I borrowed this too from Leif, but everyone else is occupied. So be you. Be the one and amazing you that you've been created to be. 
you know, he says, and, and again, I'm skipping over a lot of scripture because we're low on time, but Mark and Witt will hit this home tomorrow more in chapter 14. But I want to leave you with this question. Why are you alive? Why are you living? What are you living for? And how are you doing that? You might know your why. You might know your what. It might be passionate and it might be true. But I'll ask you, how are you doing it? Because it might be great if you know God in here and in your heart, but how is he being lived out in you and through you? Colossians 1.27 says, Christ in you, Kenzie, the hope of glory. Are we living this thing out, Haley? When, when people look at us, they see him. When people hear us, they hear him. I'm not saying I'm up here and I'm perfect at doing that, but I want to encourage you and inspire you guys. What are you putting your hands to? What difference are you making? And how are you doing it? And when the perseverance comes and the testing comes, do you know who you are? Do you remember who you are? The last thing Jesus says that I feel like I'm supposed to leave you with is in verse 33, and this will be up on the screen because I really wanted to hit home. It says, in the same way, any of you who do not give up everything, for they cannot be my disciple. In the same way, any of you who do not give up everything, you cannot be my disciple. And I know I'm sharing a lot of hard truth right now, and a lot of these verses used to scare me. But I believe God's saying, you don't need to give up your car. You don't need to give up your money unless he asks you to or tells you to. Um, but are you giving up your heart to him? Are you giving up your dreams to him? Are you giving up your passions to him? The girl or the guy that we like or the job that we have or you know what it is. Is that number one or is he number one? And when we go after God and we live this thing out, Vitor, are we ones that are in the arena? Are we the ones that are in the journey? Or are we other ones that are criticizing people and saying, you should do it this way or you should do it this way? Can I just be real for a second? I used to go to church services and be like, oh, I didn't get anything out of that message tonight. Oh, that worship wasn't good. I, I just did this six months ago. We were at a great conference. And, and man, the Lord had to change my heart. I was like, oh, I don't like this worship. I don't connect with it. I don't like the way they sing. I don't like this preacher. And God said, hey, Rye, something's not wrong with them. Something's wrong with you. Because if the word of God is being preached and the truth of God is being sung about, it's not an issue on is it being sent out. It's actually an issue on the people that's receiving it. Is my heart open and tangible to hear the word of God? Because we hear the word of God. And what, what does that make, Carol? That causes faith. That gives faith. When we hear the word of God, that causes faith in our lives. And what does faith do? Faith without works is dead. Faith changes us. And it changes us from the inside out. And then it changes how we live and how we talk and, and, the, and the, the person that we are. Is the faith of God changing us from the inside out? And are we living our life or are we wasting it? Are we living our life or are we wasting it? I want to read this quote as I end. And it's one of my favorite quotes and by Theodore Roosevelt. And it says, the man in the arena. It is, is, it, is, it is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how someone else stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. 
The credit belongs to the person who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, and who strives valiantly, who errs and who comes up short again and again. And their shortcoming, but who does actually strive to do the deeds and who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends themselves in a worthy cause, who at best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement and at the worst, if they fail, at least they fail daring greatly so that they will never be in a place where they looked upon like a cold and timid soul, soul who never knew neither victory nor defeat. And this verse, this quote gets me every time, Adam. What kind of people are we? There's a lot of complainers in this world. I'm in a pretty hard situation right now, and the Lord recently told me that I have three people that I can talk to about it. And after that, if someone asks me, I'm just going to say I would love your prayers. Because guess what? Positivity and faith is contagious. And so is negativity. So is complaining. So is judging people and saying, well, they should do this or they should do that. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be the judge anymore. I want to be the one in the arena. Knowing what my life is about. Knowing that he knows me and I know him. And I know where I'm going. And when people, even good people, even family, even people who love me, try to stop me, I know the one that's called me. I know his voice because I know his heart. And I'm not going to be led by the law or just good rules. I'm going to be led by his heart. So friends, why are you living? What are you living for? And who are you living for? That's a question that we should always continually ask ourselves. Every day we wake up, we have a choice. So if there's any repentance in our mind that we just need to change the way we think, I pray that God meets you tonight and inspires you to help you know that he knows you. And as he knows you and as you know him, he'll change your thinking. He'll lead you by his grace and his love and his faith. And whether you fail or whether you are triumphant, I think you'll look back and you'll be proud that you were someone in the arena and not someone standing outside judging someone else. Let's be people that are in the arena.
Father, if no one in this room, if someone in this room right now doesn't believe that, I just pray right now, God, that they would know that you see them and that you know them. And I don't know why, I just feel like there's a girl here in this room that came because a friend invited you and you know of God, but you don't really believe that he loves you like a father because your father was pretty hard on you growing up and he never showed you that tender love and care. And I just pray right now, I just believe the Father's saying, I love you, I see you, and I know you. Will you believe that this message is for you? Will you just muster seed of faith, trust, choose to trust me? 
I promise I won't hurt you. I will be gentle and I will love you and care for you and be the father you always dreamed of. So God, I just pray for all of us that we would choose to believe and have mustard seed faith that you know us and that we can know you. So what do we do from now? If we believe that he knows us, where do we go from here? And I, I wasn't going to show it because I don't think we had time, but I really felt like I was supposed to. And as I've been preparing and prepping and praying for this night, I found a video that God has just been speaking mightily to me through. And it's actually a video about the Air Force, so don't be distracted by the, what's on the screen but I pray you listen to these words and it inspires you. And after that, we're gonna go back and do a time of worship and there'll be people on the sides of the room if you want someone to pray for you for. But I ask you, church, I ask you, family, what are you gonna do with this one and only life he's given you? Check this out. Your life, and the only way to be truly satisfied is to do what you believe is great work. And the only way to do great work is to love what you do. If you haven't found it yet, keep looking and don't settle. Have the courage to follow your heart and intuition. They somehow already know what you truly want to become. But you're gonna have some ups and you're gonna have some downs. Most people give up on themselves easily. You know the human spirit is powerful. There's nothing as powerful. It's hard to kill the human spirit. Anybody can feel good when they have their health, their bills are paid, they have happy relationships. Anybody can be positive then. Anybody can have a larger vision then. Anybody can have faith under those kinds of circumstances. The real challenge of growth, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, comes when you get knocked down. It takes courage to act. Part of being hungry when you've been defeated, it takes courage to start over again. Fear kills dreams. Fear kills hope. Fear put people in the hospital. Fear can age you can hold you back from doing something that you know within yourself that you're capable of doing, but it will paralyze you. At the end of your feelings is nothing, but at the end of every principle is a promise. Behind your little feelings, it might not be absolutely nothing at the end of your little feelings, but behind every principle is a promise. And some of you in your life, the reason why you're not at your goal right now, because you just all about your feelings. You, you all on your feelings. You don't feel like waking up. So who does? Every day you say no to your dreams, you might be pushing your dreams back a whole six months, a whole year. That one single day, that one day you didn't get up could have pushed your stuff back I don't know how long. Don't allow your emotions to control you. We are emotional, but you want to begin to discipline your emotion. 
If you don't discipline and contain your emotions, they will use you. You want it, and you're going to go all out to have it. It's not going to be easy when you want to change. It's not easy. If it were, in fact, easy, everybody would do it. But if you're serious, you'll go all out. I'm in control here. I'm not going to let this get me down. I'm not going to let this destroy me. I'm coming back. And I'll be stronger and better because of it. You have got to make a declaration that this is what you stand for. You're standing up for your dreams. You're standing up for peace of mind. You're standing up for health. Take full responsibility for your life. Accept where you are and the responsibility that you're going to take yourself where you want to go. You can decide that I'm going to live each day as if it were my last. Live your life with passion, with some drive. Decide that you're going to push yourself. The last chapter to your life has not been written yet, and it doesn't matter about what happened yesterday. It doesn't matter about what happens to you. What matters is, what are you going to do about it? This year, I will make this goal become a reality. I won't talk about it anymore. I can. I can. I can. Persevere, I think, is important for everybody. Don't give up. Don't give in. There's always an answer to everything. just he's saying that he wants you to know that you're seen I mean we can we can hear that and we can say oh God you see me oh you know you see me but no like he didn't just see the outside of you he sees your heart and so I invite you guys to stand and I'm gonna sing this bridge one more time and I just believe the Lord I know that during this time where you're we're usually just like or externally worshiping, but I just want to kind of flip it for a second. And I want you just, if you feel comfortable, put your hand on your heart. I believe the Lord wants to speak to you in this moment through these words. And nothing is hidden from your side. Where? 
one thing Rye talked about was repenting. He talked about changing your mind about something to let the truth come in, to let the thoughts of God come in. Um, and I just had this really um, just overwhelming feeling that um, for some of us here, that means repenting from hopelessness, that we've had a belief that there are situations in our life that, you know, like we've just thought it wasn't going to get better. And that is agreeing with a lie, <laughs> because God wants to fill every single part of your life with hope. And if you're believing a lie that something in your life isn't gonna get better, it's not the truth. And you actually have to repent and say, okay, God, like I wasn't agreeing with what you were saying, but like I want to change what I'm thinking and I wanna come into alignment with the truth for every single part of your life. If it is not filled with hope, um, He's good. Every every single thing he wants to change for the better. Yeah. Yeah, can you guys put out your hands if that's you or you just want to be refilled with hope? Yeah, God, we believe that every word you speak is true, God that you are the giver of life, Jesus. And right now, we just repent, God. We repent, God, for ways that we have agreed with the enemy and thought that you are not working in that situation or you are not working to change things for good, that your hand is not at God. We throw that away. We change our mind. We say no. We agree with truth. We're rooted in faith of what you say, God, that every single part of our lives is flooded by your life. By the blood of Jesus, that we, when we died with you on that cross, Jesus, when, when we were crucified with you, God, we died, we died to ourselves, and we live now to your influence in every part of our lives. And if every part of your life is not filled with hope, then it's, it's under the influence of a lie. So we just throw that on the ground right now and say, God, would you fill us with your hope, God? It's by you, Jesus, that we are filled with hope. It's not on our own strength, God, so just fill us afresh, Jesus, with that. Renew our thinking. We want to agree with heaven. We want to agree with what heaven says. <laughs> and if it's not good, it's not the end.
thank you father that's a cry of our heart and i thank you that you won't relent god that you see you search after us you seek us you pursue us and you always bring us back home god father i thank you that we have a part in the story but you have the part in the story and that when we come running home and we change that mind of thinking you're sitting there with arms open wide running after us even harder than we could ever run after you so God, I thank you that you love us because you love us because you love us. And God, I thank you that you want to do something new and fresh tonight. And Father, as we go into this last song tonight, God, I do pray that chains will be broken. 
that lies will be dismantled, that the things that are not good, like Abby Ann said, and are not of you, will be forgotten. I pray that we'll step into the people that you've called us to be and we'll live the lives and the life that you've given us. So I just feel like there's a call tonight. And we, we don't do this a lot here. We used to do this a lot at the Y. And, and don't do it just for show, but only do it if it means something to you. But there's something about when faith is spoken to us that a response is required. And when we step out in faith and we step out not caring about who sees us or who doesn't see us, something happens. And so I pray that during this song, as Lee and the band declare that chains will be broken in Jesus' name, and an army will rise up in Jesus' name, that if that's you, and if that video, and this message, or anything that happened tonight spoke to you, I just pray that you will come up front, that you will come up front with eyes closed, arms wide, and heart abandoned as a way as an answer and say, Jesus, I'm giving it to you. I'm giving this victory in this life to you because I don't want to waste it any longer. So God, I just pray that we will answer the call and we will respond as your army, as your people, as your sons and your daughters.
every chain, break every chain. You believe that tonight? There's an army. That's the thing, like, we walk from victory and not for it. Let, let's catch that again. We walk from victory with the King of Kings and not for it. So if there's a situation in your life that you want to see victory right now, think about it and proclaim it. I proclaim victory in Jesus Christ's name over this situation. Holy Spirit, come. Ignite the fires of this army right now in Jesus name God allow this place to be an inferno where people see and hear that the Lord is good and that his love endures forever and endeavor and ever you're victorious my friends so arise your time is now and Christ has won the day
One more song. I think it's because uh, I didn't even realize this, but there's like five old leaders here. So we used to get crazy like this, but just to give a shout out while Leah finds her song, I'm stalling, but I'm also doing this on purpose. Andrew Norcross, Bethany in the house. And man, there's, and there's, someone, there's someone else I ran into, but there's like five of them. Is there one more, Gnomes? No? Someone? Well, you know who you are. I'm sorry if I forget you, but... <laughs> who? Oh, we yeah, already said David. Yeah. All right. Hey, well, we're going to sing one more song. I just thank you, God, that you're breaking chains. We normally don't go this late, but hey, spring break's next week, so we're doing it. And uh, we got to end with just giving him praise. Amen.
We just thank you for tonight. Thank you for right now, God. Thank you for this holy moment where your kids are rising up to more of who we're created to be. God, I just pray that we all have an amazing spring break. Bless our family that's going to Mexico, God in beautiful ways to show your love and your compassion to them, God. Just thank you for this time to be as family. God, you're so worthy of our praise and we love you. to check in with Michael and Miranda. They'll be up in the back. But otherwise, there's some snacks out there. And yeah, just be blessed. Know that you are called for a purpose. We love you guys.